Hey, you're just starting the Trek Off podcast now, so it's a good time for you to subscribe to a new podcast, too. The Totally Super Podcast is me and my good friend Arthur reviewing every single superhero movie ever made. That's right. It's called Totally Super. It's put out by Geeks Radio. It's like Trek Off, but for superhero movies. Maybe not quite so dirty, but it's still fun. So check out Totally Super. Search for it right now. Whatever you're listening on right now, whatever you found Trek Off on, just use that to find Totally Super and subscribe. Okay, enjoy Trek Off. It's time for Trek Off. Set phasers to love. Welcome to Trek Off. My name is Justin. And my name's Alexia. And guys, this is a huge show. There's so much Apparently, to talk about. Apparently, there's so much to talk about. There's I so know much of to- only one thing that I have not seen because I don't watch the things because I'm not supposed to until we do the thing. Until we do the show. Yeah, no, I've, I have things. <laughs> but to that's the won. only thing I know about. I've not one, but yes, two things coming out. Um, and in fact, just because there's nowhere else to talk about it, uh, three things. We are going to watch three trailers uh, in the show. This is the trailer show. This is the trailer trailer show. show. (laughs) It's the trailer show. Um, So, uh, so without further, uh, first of all, I know I normally say, "How was your Trek week?" and "What's going on in your Trek week?" And is there anything huge in your Trek week? I have a few things, but I really, I just need to move forward. uh, I know you want to like. It's really more of an Orville week, but it feels like a Trek week. Yeah, I know. I need to. I need to get to Orville. I'm trying to think if there's anything outside of everything this i had a very trek week um because of the things we're about to to do and say and look at um i would say the only major thing in my trek nope got nothing um not nothing here uh oh, there's so much to talk about because it's all it. this all right, here stuff we go. <laughs> all right so we're gonna start off uh, as we always do talking about things that are not star trek because we always talk about things that are not Star Trek on our Star, <laughs> ostensibly Star Trek podcast. Um, but where, like, listen, we used to be the Star Trek podcast that said fuck. That was our whole thing. That we were like, we do Star Trek and we say fuck. That was the whole thing. We literally had had a trailer for the Trek off movie that was just like, hey, look how much we say fuck. Um, so, uh, so without further ado, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about a non-Star Trek thing as an appetizer, as a sousant of, of, of loveliness for you. Uh, um, I will be your waiter tonight, and I'm going to bring to you Alexia, my, uh, my host. Uh, I'm the host. I, I don't even know how this works. I've had a lot to drink. Um, my, <laughs> my, my, I know. My I'm guest, really having trouble. Like, where is he going? What's happening? Where my, am I? Who am my, I? My, my, <laughs> gu- my guest is Shay Trekoff. Um, ladies Shay and gentlemen, Trekoff. if you'd like to... If you'd like to, if you'd like to queue up with us, Alexia, right now, uh, are you ready to go? Or what? First of all, how are you watching these? On what apparatus are you watching all of this? On uh, my my PS4, I was gonna go to actually. It occurs to me to use to what to watch the Picard thing. Um, it might make more sense for me to go to Prime Video and just watch it like from um, what's it called the actual. Um, like do you CBS have do you access. have help there? Is Miss is Mister A nearby? Is he? Uh, he's he's not, but he can be. Why? Do we, it would it be helpful if I had help? <laughs> that, it would be helpful if you could close your eyes. Um, okay. Before because you know how sometimes they'll put images up. They'll go. They'll go. They'll go yeah. No, and then it spoils it. Yeah. Non spoiler trailer, and then it's like Bruce Willis in a coffin. We need like, your what help. The fuck? 
non-spoiler trailer and it's like brad it's it's like brad pitt and edward norton blended into each other and you're like right. what are you doing um justin would like it if i could be pure <laughs> for the trailers yes for the trailers for the trailers no so, uh, so that i don't see <clears throat> yeah a little spoiler what did you think images. i said Mr. A speaks. There was a point where Mr. A was like chiming in a lot on the podcast, and I feel like I, I pushed back kind of hard, and then suddenly I never hear from Mr. A like in the show anymore. It's good to hear your voice, Mr. A. You're always a welcome presence See, for ten or fifteen seconds. It's good seconds. to hear you. He feels. Um, he feels. He's been feeling the lack of you because he kind of made a, a statement. Was like, "Stop it!" And so you did. And he was like, "But no, I didn't really mean like well, totally." <laughs> no, I did. No, I totally meant it. No, I want to be very clear. <laughs> Stop it. But, <laughs> no, he's like, "No, but, I did. I meant it. Don't tell I, him that." <laughs> I miss you. But I miss you I nonetheless. Miss you. <laughs> You're like an ex. It's like I miss you, no, but I don't want you back. <laughs> That's really fucked up. Take that back. <laughs> That's awful. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado. All right, what do you, what do you want him to queue up? up? <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, let us please queue up. Please do not watch this ahead of time. I want you to get the glory of this from second one. Uh, if you could please ask Mr. A to queue up the trailer for Jay and Silent Bob reboot. All right, you motherfucker. I know you're in there. Come out. see a blood test. <laughs> this is my daughter, Millennium Falcon. Millennium Falcon! Stop it. To Hollywood with you? Fuck no, man. It's a tough-ass neighborhood. Either you take us to Hollywood, or I stab you both to death on my own front fucking lawn. And on that note, we cue the music. <laughs> yes! Fuck! Glad you guys are smoking back there. I was driving someone about a week ago, and he took a uh, big shit. You have no idea how hard it is to get the smell out of pleather. <laughs> no methods. Let's do this. Eyes. Talk about love and you flinging cum all over the place. That shit's unseemly, bro. <laughs> what do you guys think about this reboot? It sucks. There, I said it. And who's directing this shit anyway? Kevin fucking Smith? 
Smells like the ah! and up in smoke. What? Hey man, dude. Okay. Dude. We are starting. Our show. Dude, that's fucking epic. Yeah. Yeah. You want to see it? Jay we want to show it to you. So I want to watch it right now. Oh, I know. Holy <laughs> shit. So, um, I've been, uh, I have been, as one would say, balls deep. Come on out and join us. Give us your money. Everything. Yeah, so about does my this kid, man. So good tickets at Reboot I've been listening Roadshow. to all the podcasts. I listen to Kevin Smith's uh, Hall H. Uh, it's on um, his podcast, Smodcast. Uh, I listened to him do Hall H and talk about all of the things that had to happen for this movie to happen. And there's so much to unpack. And I just want to give your thoughts. First of all, did you know that the girl who is playing uh, Jay's daughter is Kevin Smith's daughter? Really? If you're, want- if you're wondering... Who Kevin Smith's daughter is, her name is Harley Quinn Smith. And she was in <laughs> Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back as baby Silent Bob. Let's be really? clear. Really? I yes. did not she know that. Ad- she's an adult now. She was a baby in that one. She is an adult now. Yeah, she looks um, all grown up. Yeah, she is uh she was in yoga hosers. So that is that is the first thing I think is wonderful. And the the idea that she is playing Jay's daughter. Which is really interesting because Jay's also been there since she was since she was a baby, but she's a yeah. legit actress now. She's in the new Quentin Tarantino movie. She's oh, like cool. a legit actress in Hollywood now. So she I mean, she was pretty- good. Like I mean, from what I saw of her, like she was fucking good. <laughs> yeah. So I I thought that that was really that must have been so awesome to be able to do a movie with your dad like that. Like, well, keep in mind, she already did a movie with it. She was the star of Yoga Hosers. Which, but that's is, but he was directed. he in Yoga Hosers? No, he wasn't in yoga, but he wrote and directed it. But right, but that's what I'm her... saying. This is different. This is like getting to actually be in scenes with him, getting to act with him. It's like not the same. And not to just be... in scenes with him, but in scenes with Silent Bob, which is that's what he's right. known for. This is View Askew. Like she's graduated to be in View Askew, finally. So I think that's really that that's super fun. In case you were wondering who was playing, uh, first of all, we all remember the plot of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Jay and Silent Bob hear that they're making a movie about them, and so they go to Hollywood <laughs> to stop Hollywood. it from being made. The sign so, on the back yeah. of the van. So that is that is oh, also the plot movie. of this movie, and the Jason Lee saying, "Don't tell me you have no idea that it's like the same shots. It's the same. Exact it is. Shot. It's fucking great. Like except all the dudes have short hair, like really, really yeah, short they, hair, except for Jay. They they've done a remake." Of Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, and it's about them doing a remake of, of Jay and Silent Bob. It's so Did fucking you catch awesome. Who is playing Jay and Silent? First of all, remember that James Vanderbeek and Jason Biggs played originally it. played yes. them as Blood Man and Chronic, and yep. there they were at the end complaining about the reboot at Chronicon, which is yep. astounding. Yes, but the new Jay and Silent Bob are played by Val Kilmer as Silent Bob. <laughs> and, and 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 Kevin Smith posted something that said "Blunt Man Forever," which I love. <laughs> <laughs> and then wow. and then uh, Jay is being played by Melissa Benoist, uh, who is Supergirl. So oh, is that who that so, was? Yeah, I noticed it was a girl. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, um, that's so that, fucking that, fantastic. <laughs> The the more incredible cameos in this uh, were you got Matt Damon. Yeah, you had Matt Damon. He is you definitely, and you had you had um, what's his name? Matt Damon and they go together all the time. 
Ben Affleck. Yeah, we'll ben talk Affleck. about Affleck in a second. But let's talk about Matt Damon for a second. Matt Damon is wearing the outfit he wore as I think it was was he Loki or Bottleby? I forget. Which he, was Loki. he was Loki. He was Loki. He was Loki yeah. from. Uh, he was wearing the outfit from Dogma. From Dogma. Yeah. So so that's going to factor into this, which I think is really interesting. Definitely. Um, and then Affleck is wearing the outfit. I love that his characters never change their clothes. It's amazing <laughs> to me. Jason Lee, of course, is back as uh, Jason Lee uh, is uh, back as uh, Brody Bruce. Yeah. Um, but but Affleck is back as Holden McNeil. Now, famously, now this has all been all over the news this week. Famously, Affleck and Kevin Smith had a giant falling out. I'm just really? going to tell you a story. You can you can read this anywhere. Kevin Smith tells it better than I do, but I think that you'll this will be warm to your heart. They had a falling out. They had they have not spoken those two guys in and I what I read was ten years. They haven't spoken. Whoa. And Affleck showed up briefly in Clerks too, um, for a moment, but they've been really on the outs. Evidently, Jennifer Jennifer Garner did not like Kevin Smith, and then Kevin Smith was, you know, evidently told very personal stories about Affleck on his podcast, and they they had a a big falling out. And they were completely on the outs. He did not even write a part for Affleck in this movie. Because he was like, Affleck's going to say no. And he has been very public about feeling bad about it. Where he's like gone to shows goes, yeah, I fucked up. I went went out and I told a bunch of stories. Now Affleck hates me. And that's what happened. That's too bad. So there was a reporter who was doing press with Affleck for something else. The reporter was a fan of Kevin Smith. And the reporter asked Affleck, if he was going to be in the new movie and FX like, no, I haven't been asked. And the reporter said, well, if you could be in it, who would you be? And he said, well, I guess I'd be Holden, but they haven't called me. And that got back to Kevin Smith and Kevin Smith didn't know what to do and didn't know how to handle it. And he said, you know, I, at that point I could have just called his agent. I could have done whatever, but you ever have a falling out with someone where, you know, you've had a falling out, but it's not been said out loud that you've had a falling out. And if you talk to them, then it becomes very real. Then it's like, it's actually happened. And he said, so that's where I was. And so I didn't want to say anything, didn't want to say anything. And then I eventually did text him. He texted him a quote from Conan the Barbarian saying, hey, I just want to play pretend with you again. And Affleck sent him back a quote or said, sent him back a message basically busting his balls, just like <laughs> making fun of him and said, yeah, I'll show up. It turned around, and said, I'll show up for a week in um I'm, no, I'm sorry, weekend um, or something like that in New Orleans. I'll come to you. Uh, and he wrote, Kevin Smith said he wrote eight new pages and the eight new pages are a full follow-up to Chasing Amy so you can really see what happened next and that it is an integral part of the new movie. And he said the best part about all this, if nothing else comes of this movie, he said, I got my friend back. That's awesome. Which makes me want to cry. That's really beautiful. Like, I'm so glad. Yeah. Yeah, just amazing. Just an amazing story. And That's this has a been on my mind. Time. And also the trailer, the trailer is fucking hilarious. Oh god. The trailer yeah. is, it's hysterical. It's everything I want from a Jane Sign the Bob movie. It's like they never left. I <laughs> I hope they make 20 more. I know that I think this will probably be the last one. Yeah. But but I would I, I would keep watching them if they kept making them. <laughs> like yeah, I don't the, that, ever that, tire. It looks really of those really two fun. being silly together. I just don't. Yes. <laughs> So that is that is that is the appetizer. I kind of want I kind of want to wet your appetite also with the Top Gun two trailer. Oh, that really? Came, that came out. Um, I don't have much to say about it because I wasn't a huge Top Gun fan. I saw oh, it a couple of times. 
I, I've seen it a couple times in my life. I don't have much to say about it. Um, we could watch it if you want to take a minute to talk about it, but I think all I'm going to say is that sounds interesting. But I talked all about the Jane Silent Bob trailer, so I guess you could watch the Top Gun trailer and do a, a five minutes go on your on your thoughts about it. You want to do it? Sure. Let's, cool. Let's the do name it. Of this, the trailer episode. The name of this episode. The name of this episode is the trailer park. It absolutely <laughs> is the trailer park. That's the name of the, all right, ladies and gentlemen. Without further oh, hold ado, hold on. Search the top Top Gun yeah. two. Yes, ah. Alexia watches the Top Gun <laughs> two trailer. Thirty plus years of service. Combat medals, citations. Only man to shoot down three enemy planes in the last 40 years. Yet you can't get a promotion, you won't retire. Despite your best efforts, you refuse to die. <laughs> you should be at least a two-star admiral by now. Yet here you are, Captain. Why is that? It's one of life's mysteries, sir. God, he still looks so good. Oh, the jacket. Stop. Oh, man. Maverick, your kind is headed for extinction. Maybe so, sir. But not today. <laughs> but not today. <laughs> All right. Oh, I want to see it in IMAX. Top Gun Maverick. Your thoughts. Now, give me your thoughts on what Top Gun was to you when you saw it and then how this trailer makes you feel. Go. It makes me feel like like I mean all the nostalgias, man. All the feels. All the like I mean, when he puts on the jacket, grabs the glasses, and then like takes the fucking cover off the bike. Oh my god. Killing me. So good. Were you a huge <laughs> fan? Like were you a huge like have you seen Top Gun like a million times? Um, Is that one of your million time movies? Dude, do you know how hot both he and Val Kilmer, even though he's a dick in that movie are and you're asking me if little girl me watched the shit out of that movie <laughs> like and knowing that you've met like i like going fast <laughs> i want to fly jets <laughs> like yeah i watched top gun a lot <laughs> that's just so like a question, silly question <laughs> my question is when i watch this trailer is tom cruise flying that jet do they do they have Tom Cruise flying a jet? 
because I do feel, and I, I heard this again in another place, uh, but is it, will we not see a Tom Cruise movie now unless he's like doing something crazy? Is it like is that his thing? Is that his new is that his new brand? Like in the other ones, there was no question. I like clearly Tom uh, Tom Cruise was not flying a jet in the original Top Gun. Clearly, there was little movie magic to make it look like he was, but he wasn't flying a jet. But something has happened with Tom Cruise in the last like 10, 15 years post Mission Impossible, where it's got to be. It's Tom Cruise. Like the next one, like I swear to God, the next Mission Impossible movie is going to be Tom Cruise getting shot out of a cannon. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the thing. If I was Tom Cruise, I would want to fly the jet. Yeah, and here and and, and, I, and I get it right, like because when he earlier in his career, right, he probably didn't have the you know the clout to do that. Yeah, he probably didn't have the the ability to say, "Nah, man, I want to fucking fly a jet." But now he can be like, "Dude, yeah, we're doing this movie. I'm flying a fucking jet for real. None this none this CG." None this some other guy movie magic shit. We did that. I did that when I was in my yeah. like early twenties or whatever. I'm flying I mean, a fucking in, jet. <laughs> yeah, now now he now he's in his fifties. I'm like flying a jet. When he's sixty five, it's gonna be Top Gun three. He's like duct taped to the bottom of the jet on fire. <laughs> it's, like, it's me. I'm That's just like I, I fucking get it, man. Like part of when I was when I was younger, part of what always drew me to movies was that like you. I, you know, in my naivete as as a youngster, I thought you get to do all those things. Like, legit, right? Largely with CG that's gone away. Like, that kind of used to be true, in a way. And now, it's just not true at all. But it was what I, that was what drew me to it. I was like, how cool is that? You get to do all these different things because you're an actor, I was like, that's awesome. Better than better than picking one thing to be. You know what I mean? And so I get it. Now that he's got the clout, now that he's Tom Cruise, you know what I mean? I would every chance I got, I'd be like, no, we're doing the real deal. Like, no, strap me to the back of this plane. Like, let's do it. Like, well, that I would be that, I mean, I'll like I'll sign whatever paperwork. Like, my insurance is gonna cost what it's gonna cost, but like you only live once yeah strap me to the like send me to the moon let's do it put me in a ship put me in a shuttle let's do it like that would be well, my feeling yeah that's the thing i sort of feel like i i sort of feel like the new the, that's his brand i that's the thing that he is he is the most known for now is i do i do all of it now myself i am the he's guy, earned it man I'm, you know what i mean yeah, no, I I I agree. I I, I, get I it. agree that he has earned it. I think it's crazy. But I think it's uh, fucking yeah. awesome. Right. I totes get it. And it's and he still looks smoking hot. Like damn. Dude, damn. Like especially when he's on the motorcycle, like it's like shot for shot and it's fucking <laughs> It's good. Um Okay, so where do we're we gonna go do it from here? here? <laughs> uh, there are there are there are places to go from here. Um, oh, no. I would like you please to have Mr. A, if he would please, Honey. pull up the trailer for Star Trek: Short Treks. 
sir, Ensign Spock, reporting for duty. No need to shout, Ensign Spock. Ah! <laughs> just picked up a distress call from the USS Bauman. I need you to let me out of here. You're a prisoner. Your orders carry no weight anymore. When this is all done, we'll never see the inside of a starship again. People don't talk in elevators. I observe that, sir. <laughs> Fascinating. <laughs> Which version of the OS are these ships' computers running? Do the food synthesizers use the Gupta or the Katzman glucose matrix? Have you ever considered that the Prime Directive is not only not ethical, but also illogical? <laughs> Do you like eggplant? <laughs> Triples! People call them triples. Pretty darn cute. Aww. There's been a lab breach. I made one of the most important discoveries of our time. What? It's Archer. Weakness, or they will eat you alive. <laughs> Good luck out there, Captain. Ah! I'm not sure how I feel about the dark situation with the Tribbles. They'll eat you. Oh, I think it's fun. I think, I think it's... Like, the thing at the end tells me it's all played, played tongue-in-cheek. It's all like being played directly. But can I just say, please, yes, more. More of Pike and Spock. Yes. More of that. More like, of. going to give me a whole series of that? I love, yeah, give I me. Love, yeah. As you much as you can. get those guys back for a whole show, but like every year you can give me a couple of shorts with them. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm, I'll take what I can get, I'm man. I'm so down. Yeah. I'm so down for that. That is um, such a great version of the crew. Such a great version of Spock. They did it so well. I think it speaks so well. Of Star Trek Discovery season two, that the person who would hate the idea of yet another Spock more than anyone would be you. You would hate that idea. And there are a lot of people like you. And what they did, they were so smart. They hinted at him. Then they talked about him. Then they had him with the beard in a weird other kind of situation. Mm -hmm. And they like they they like slowly introduced you to him. They're like they like massaged you a little first and they kinda got you in the mood a little bit. And then finally like okay. <laughs> they brought out I'll some champagne and some strawberries, you know? Yeah. Like and and by the end you're like, Okay, yeah, give it to me. Give it to me all the way. <laughs> yeah. Um and and, <laughs> and now I want that and I love Zachary Quinto. I love his Spock. But I want this guy. I want this spy. This is Spock now. This is Spock for me. Yeah. And like if, and, like, and the thing is, they listen. Like, when she says, no need to shout, like, that shit's fucking awesome. Like, we were talking yeah. about that. Somebody who writes for that show listens to us. I'm telling you. You think? <laughs> I am positive. I there's no reason. There's no other reason for Discovery for a Klingon that, for them to show us the Klingons have two dicks. There's no other podcast that has <laughs> said that but us. I feel very fucking confident about that. So yeah. like that shit it, was for me and it was for you, hands down. And then this, what were we talking about? What were we talking about you were like Spock was different, he was more formal. I was like, no. You were like, well, he kind of shouted. I was like, yeah, he was like a little too dramatic, maybe. He was a little bit too loud. But it wasn't like 
Uh, so we kind of joked about that. And what do they do? Not even like even in the trailer, they show us that moment. Somebody, whoever you are listening to our show that writes for thank that you. show, thank you. Thank you're you. You're awesome. You're doing good. You're doing good. You're stuff. doing good work. Uh, <laughs> so of of the six, there are going to be six this time around instead of four. And of the six uh, Star Trek Star Trek uh, shorts, three of them are going to be number one Spock and Captain Pike. It's going to nice. be that Enterprise, which is amazing. And then there will be um, animated shorts uh, that are going to introduce like Lower Decks. Um, there's a bunch of Star Trek animated stuff, one of which is going to be the Star Trek comedy show, which is not going to be in canon. That's going to be essentially it's by the people who do Rick and Morty and they're doing their Star Trek. See, it's um, not in canon. And- I'm good. See, that's all I needed. Yeah. Awesome. I don't. Th- I can't imagine it's going to be in canon. If they somehow make it in canon and they make it work, I will be so impressed. But at this point, I feel like the people running the TV ship, you know, know what they're doing. Like I feel like they know what they're doing. They know how to handle this. Um, the names of the episodes are "Ask Not," "The Trouble with Edward," which is clearly something about the Trouble with Tribbles, yeah. "The Girl Who Made the Stars," "FAM and Dot," "Children of Mars," and the last one is. Q and A. Yeah, I saw that. I find that very interesting. I find that very interesting. You think Q's going to show up? You can't do that. Like, you can't be so stupid. Like, how dumb would they have to be to call it Q and A? And then not have have Q? Nothing to do with Q. That was the naming convention of all the Q episodes, is they all had the word Q in them. Right. So you can't just call it Q and A. And then not have Q. Like, that's going to be fucked up. Like there's a whole, there would be, have to be a whole production team. Somebody, it would have to be a failure on so many levels know, that, that nobody goes. Like um, guys. What did Mr. A say? He said it feels like Why it could be talking? the name of the elevator episode. <laughs> it could be the elevator episode, but then you call it something fucking else. You don't call it Q and A. If it's Q, you, you do. You but Q, I mean, that Q and A. That's what question answer. Like that's what. I know know that that's what that means that what I'm saying is that if that's what it was called in in the script form, unless they change the name at the end and nobody's paying attention, even at this point, like before it gets out, there's got to be someone They're Like, I got to imagine that there's someone on staff who's just like the Star Trek person. What about this one? What do you think of the name Q&A? There's got to be someone along the line goes, well, there's got to be a Bible checker, right? Someone who's like, nah, you can't do that because every episode that has Q in the title like that q is in the episode it's a it's a thing it's a you can't do that like unless he's in like the like in the, if if you look at the top i would star hope trek so. villains he is he is he is in the top 10 star trek villains of all time yeah he's a big you deal can't just you can't, you can't. Ju- he's in the he's the beginning and end of next gen what if it's a picard short trek they haven't said what all all the rest of them are that would be very Ooh, interesting. that would be very interesting yeah um that'd be really interesting uh, to see that. Okay. I'm definitely, have, uh, I mean, first of all, though, like Archer. What, what a Archer? fucking. You, you yelled Archer. I didn't understand. What are you talking about? Did, did H. John Benjamin. Archer? What? That's the voice of Archer, dude. The guy that says Archer. I'm the guy who's Archer. talking about the. Ar- yes. Tri- hold on. Wait, yes. Archer. That's... We're talking. When you said Archer. Like, oh, the fuck is Captain you mean Archer? in Star Trek. No, I meant like Arch, <laughs> like the show Archer. Oh, yeah. So when you said <laughs> Archer, Archer. Like, what did I miss? Not Admiral Was Captain Archer. Archer in this? Sorry. Yeah. No, I said. 
It's so funny because I didn't even consider that. But yeah, <laughs> sorry. You know what would be really interesting? Here's the thing about the short treks. Because all the short treks well, are Well, because here's weird... the thing that's funny about that. Because right now, the, the season of Archer is Archer 1999. Like, it's right. them in space. Okay. So having a short... That. I haven't watched the last two seasons. So, but, oh, um, that's, dude. That funny. Dude. I mean, all you know, all you know is it's in space. Like, I'm not spoiling anything. If it's called fucking Archer 1999 yeah. with spaceships and shit, like, if if you even you don't need to see the la- the season before, you can just watch Archer 1999, and you have to with as much as you love Star Trek, Star Wars, Aliens, Firefly, Firefly all that. You have to watch it, dude. It's like all Archer. Right. No, I'm for. I us. mean, yeah, you've convinced me. Square. You've convinced me. It um, sounds. It's. It's important. It means it, something. It is. So the fact that he's on one of these short treks right now is not an accident, dude. That shit's on purpose. And it's awesome. Like yeah, I well, love it. I am yeah, I am I am through the through the roof thrilled um that that is going on. I do wonder if you could have a world where um like I do wonder if you could have a world where you have with these short treks like any era like you could why could you not have a like can you imagine they just did a jake cisco short track about yeah. him like finding his dad like he just he's on alien planet and he finds a dad and the way they can do cgi backgrounds right now you don't have to rebuild deep space nine even you could just build part and then and then do a set extension behind him and they yep. really make it work so like i think it, like what if they totally surprised us and turned around and there was just like a fucking like anything you could just do archer you could like you like you're at a point now if you're doing these short tra- short treks and they just made a short like that people people would lose their minds yeah people would lose their minds like anyway, we'd be okay. all for it uh, especially if you just like snuck it in and didn't say like didn't say anything didn't nothing and it was just like one of them randomly was what? that and you and you were like watching yeah. and you're like what and like the internet would explode yeah <laughs> All right, speaking of the internet exploding, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Ah, Picard. Star Trek Picard. All right. Have you ever been a stranger to yourself? Many, many times. Nearly two decades ago, Commander Data sacrificed his life for me. No. These past few years, I really tried to belong here. But it never truly felt like home. Do you know who I am? Everything inside of me says that I'm safe with you. Admiral, I have encountered a woman. She came to me for help. If she is who I think she is... She's in serious danger. Sometimes I worry that you have forgotten who you are. We do not. You can't do it alone. You need help. You need protection. You need a crew. Be the captain they remember. She truly is. She's the end of all. She's the destroyer. The hell are you doing out here, Picard? Saving the galaxy. 
What? Engage. <laughs> I don't want the game to end. I can see that, Captain. But he said he killed himself. Or he sacrificed himself from it's gotta be it's gotta be a holodeck but, thing. But I don't know. There he's care. back. But at the end of Nemesis, B4 was there and B4 was starting to sing little little bits of the song that Data was singing at the beginning of the uh, beginning of the movie. Like Oh, I probably I probably wiped that from my mind because I don't like it. <laughs> so yeah, at the, so at the beginning of Nemesis, at the, at, the, at the at the at the beginning of Nemesis, Data sings "Blue Skies" by early "Blue Skies Shining at Me," and then Data gives his life at the end of Nemesis. And then when Picard tries to explain why that happened to B four, B four starts going, "Never saw the sun shining so bright," and. And, and Picard looks at him very meaningfully like, what does this mean? And the whole idea was there was going to be an 11th movie where that was finally like that that would mean the return of Data. And they never made that movie. So here we have Data's back. That's clearly Data. So I don't know if it's a, if it's a hologram. I don't know if it's a, like a dream. It might just be before um saying that yeah like here here we are here's yeah like we use that and data has been put put back together we've somehow gotten him back or maybe that happens clearly that's a big part of this story so maybe that happens in the very final episode like maybe Mm. you're looking at a shot from who knows who the fuck knows man it's Ah! cool seeing seven to nine for sure she looks great um i wonder Best part, like the doctor was also amazing, but like we always said, she was a great actor. She was a great character, mm-hmm. you know, that was never given her chance. Like, and yeah, the, putting her show. in, yeah, putting her in a good show, it's awesome. Like, I'm all for it. <laughs> and by the way, having her, having a Borg have to work with Picard is a thing. You saw oh, the Borg yeah. Cube. Like, considering how he feels know, about Borg, like, yeah, it's. It's a great oh. idea. Like they're both those both those actors are up to the fucking task, and it's just a great idea. Also in the cast, so you know, the, he came out on stage. The actor who played Hugh is also in the cast of Picard. Wait, how is that possible? Hugh? Hugh is alive. Hugh was oh, not dead. Hugh. I thought you Hugh. Said Hugh. Not not Q. Hugh the Borg. I mean, I know how Hugh would be possible. It's not like he couldn't. Yeah. Of be course. involved, but it doesn't but seem Hugh. like he would be. Hugh. But Hugh, the oh. Hugh. So it's it's really fascinating. Like <laughs> it's it looks really. There's who so is, much to So unpack. who is the girl supposed to be if she is? I don't who know. I think she is. <laughs> is it? Is she another? Is she a, an offspring of his? He always wanted to have an offspring. Is he? Is she a, a data? Is she another android? Is she a Q? Is she? Who knows? She clearly has something to do with him. Is she, or is um, she like I don't know, seven and nine's daughter or something? Like what? No, they're it's got. I, they're going to relate it to him. It's it's about him. Everything else is to support him. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I I just sat there. I've watched this. Uh, Alexia, I've watched this trailer like like thirty times. I'm just oh, okay. So I, I I do have to say as much as I enjoy it. Yes. The CGI on Data is just not great. It's not as good as I would like it to be. I agree with you. 
Um, like they also, made his face too fluffy, too round. Yeah, I think that it's weird. So, so here's the thing though: it was supposed to come out in November, and now they're saying early 2020. And I know that shooting on the show is pretty much done. It's almost done. So, so I would imagine, yeah, it's a Comic Con trailer. Um, I remember when I don't know if you've seen the new the Disney remake of Aladdin that is out right now and the I have I did, no desire to see it here's the thing it's pretty good it's pretty good and Will, Will Smith is the genie is great he's like it's the best part of the film is Will Smith is the genie I just but when they released that first trailer the CGI on Will Smith in that first trailer was, was so bad that it made but the thing was is they put that trailer out that was I think it was the Super Bowl trailer and the idea was we had to get something they had to get something out in time for the Super Bowl and it was unfinished CGI and this was the reveal that might be the case as well well I gotta imagine that if you and I are looking at it and going it's not quite right I have to imagine that That they they are too that they would be looking at it and go like it's and you can do you can do that shit now. So I would imagine that between now and five months from now, they certainly have the time to fix it. Yeah, they have the time to to work that out. Because I assume uh, because what they, they're doing is what they've been doing with <clears throat> the de aging situation, like in Marvel movies and whatnot, that works so effectively where you actually have the actor. They come in, they do the things. So you've got you you know you're just sort of de aging the template. As opposed to full CG, you know what I mean, and it works better. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I. So think it definitely that looks there's... like it's that. It just looks like they've done a poor job of it. Like, and they need to. Yeah, or it. not? It's unfinished, or it's a little unfinished. still unfinished, great to whatever. see data. And you know what? Even if the CGI was unfinished, great to see data. Yeah. Great to see Seven of Nine. Great to see the Borg. Finally, you know, it's been a long time. It's been twenty years since we've had to see the Borg. Like, it's been twenty years since Voyager went off the air. Um, it's been, I guess we saw the Borg for a second on what was one of the greatest episodes of Enterprise. Uh, like, good to see the Borg, good to see the 20, 24th century now moving into 25th century stuff. And this is the one yeah. thing I've said about Star, Star Trek. It's what makes me excited about the next season of Discovery is Star Trek was about going to the future. That's always what it was in the 60s. You were going forward from the 60s. And next gen was I'm going forward from there. And DS9 and Voyager for its flaws was going forward from there. And then someone got the the idea said, hey, right around, of course, the time that episode one was coming out. Uh Someone said, hey, everyone loves episode one. Everyone (laughs) thinks the prequels are the greatest. You know what we should do? Let's do the prequel to, to Kirk. But what we'll do is we'll take the next generation mindset of it being sort of a cerebral show and we'll make that the prequel to Kirk and it'll see if that works. And then when that didn't work out, they were like, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Terrible idea. You know what we should do? We should do like Kirk when he was young, like a prequel to Kirk and we'll put Chris Pine in it. It's a great idea. It's a prequel to Kirk. Let's do that. And then when that was done, they were like, hey, you got to make this show. Let's call it Discovery. You know what we should make it? A prequel to Kirk. That's what we wanted to do. A prequel to Kirk. And finally, someone's going, hey, why don't we go forward? Let's see what happens next. Not to mention the fact that like we have 
access to those actors yeah. to go forward and see what that looks like. It, we can like legit just how many years have passed in real time. That's how many years have passed there, and they're them, and it's perfect. You know what I mean? Like, I hope that there's some DS9. Now, look, first of all, we're getting some DS9 love and discovery. Like, Section 31 is a huge thing. So I love it. I think it's good. But I think that the joy, the greatest joy of Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and Voyager, the greatest thing that those shows managed to do is to show up on each other. Like on Voyager, when they go into the future and suddenly Jordy is piloting the Enterprise, you're like, ha ha, it's Jordy. You know, and yep. when they're doing Star Trek First Contact and the Doctor can show up and they're doing Deep Space Nine and Gowron can be on there. The fun of that was that it was a mixing bowl of Star Trek. And yeah, you had your show with your main guys, but you could just kind of throw some like some stuff from one show to the other. And I'm I am still watching the Arrowverse right now. Are, are you still watching the Arrowverse shows? I I will. I just wound up. I was I went back to Orville and I had sure. to finish Orville because it was amazing. So I have so, not gotten back yet, but I will. Are you aware of? I forget if it was this season last, so I'm not going to say anything. Are you aware of uh, of Mick's extracurricular activity, the thing that Mick is doing that 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 nobody knew about? No. Fire guy. You so you don't know what he's doing nobody knows about no okay he's doing a thing and you'll find out about it that thing he's doing just got mentioned on the flash it's a little thing little thing they mentioned on the flash and i just go they just mentioned because that just happened over there on the other thing and now it's over here and i love that shit i love that i, I do. love that and they do the they do the big crossover um yeah. which by the you way they're, yeah we'll you talk- told me they did the, that they're doing this crazy i like that's partly what honestly the only thing this week can be consider going back um is the crazy awesome crossover you're telling me about on all right so let me tell you this tomorrow. i don't watch supergirl i don't know if she's i don't know if the show's any good uh flash this what I've season watched it is okay the, i know flash la, has always la, been good from last season flash sucked flash is the worst oh really it's, it's terrible Aww. the legends of tomorrow is bonkers now it's you wonderful. Told me. It's, it's fucking crazy. It's bonkers. And, and I Arrow always is, thought it was pretty crazy pants, but if at least if it's embraced that, maybe I can get a, I can get on board. Arrow Arrow is is dark but confident, uh, much more serious again, um, and and has hit a new stride that I really like. It's back to being. It's not like ridiculously dark, but it's not silly either. It's like it manages to be its own thing. So I, Arrow and Legends are really good. Flash, which was the best for a little bit, is terrible. But I do love. When they just throw in little mentions here and there of something happening somewhere else. Ah. Um, side sidebar, although this is going to become an enormous sidebar, but it, we'll just say it. The other thing announced to Comic Con are the people showing up on the big crossover this upcoming year, and it's called Crisis on Infinite Earths, a huge thing in DC Comics. If you don't know about Crisis on Infinite Earths, but here's who they've confirmed already is coming to be part of that crossover because the idea is we're going to see all the Earths and all the DC that you've known is the Earths. And I told you that in this last one, you had uh, you, oh, had yeah, you were Flash saying like, from the 90s Flash. Flash from the Flash 90s. From 90s Flash. Yeah. You were saying so, from Smallville, from no, Lois no, no, Clark. One, no, 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 no. I said that that might be a thing, but none of that had been confirmed. So at San Diego um, Comic-Con, they have confirmed this for next year's big crossover ready 
First of all, even though he's on Legends of Tomorrow, Brandon Ruth will be coming back as Superman <laughs> from Superman Returns. No, I know. How, I don't know how that works, but... Because that is one of the DC multiverse worlds. No, I know. In addition, in addition, the Superman from uh from Supergirl will also be on it. In addition, well, Tom Welling from Smallville. Tom Welling from Smallville will also be on as Superman in this crossover. All three of them will be on as Superman in the crossover. Well, as long in as addition, Clark are they going to have? Are they that has they haven't talked about that yet. In addition, they need to because I loved that. Wait for it. Just sidebar. Linda Carter has signed on to come on as Wonder Woman. Oh my God! What? That's the best for no other reason. It's not the best. No, it's not the best. How is that not the best? Burt Ward is coming on as Robin. Oh my God! (laughs) I'm not kidding. Oh, that's fucking awesome. Oh, how glorious! And I think they're just going to go for more. I've heard that they are really, really trying to get someone from the current incarnation of DC that's in the movies right now. They're trying to get any of them, like just going, hey, we need someone, we need a representative from the from the DC movie universe right now to be in there too. That they're trying to get someone to come be part of it from the DC movie universe. I've heard that they're trying to pull from the Burton. Ver- I've heard that they're just trying to grab anyone they can from every oh, incarnation. Oh, you know what would be awesome? What? Michael fucking Keaton? No way yes. he would do it. There's no, there's no way Michael Keaton. But you know what? Danny DeVito might. Yeah. Danny DeVito might do it. it would be awesome, uh, if, think, but it would be awesome if it was Michael Keaton and if it was Michelle Pfeiffer. That would be the shit. But neither one of them are going to come on the WB to do a like. It's. I think that like it would come on just for the an- fun of it, you guys, please. <laughs> well, Brandon Ruth, it's like the fact that he's turning around and putting on that costume again must be very strange for him. Oh, well, bet. Um, well, I mean, it's not that strange. I mean, honestly, he's not. His character isn't all that different from Superman when you think about it. Yeah, but it's the it's the you know, it, it is the 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 bastard stepchild of the Superman movies. Like there's it is the original Superman. But it was never the, it was never Brandon Ruth's fault, though. It wasn't he was his fault, a good but you pick. did have you had your original Superman movies. And you've had the Man of Steel movies, which then went into Batman v Superman, and it had this other thing. And then the Superman Returns is, and you had this one. It's just this one that is a sequel to Superman 2. It's this weird thing that happened that everyone has forgotten. And I'm sure from his point of view, like, he was going to be fucking Superman. And it yeah, stalled out. Now, so it's got to be very strange to be... But anyway, I just... It is... It is phenomenal like what if they get like i want them to pull from marvel I, I almost just said what if they got lou ferrigno as the hulk and i was like no that doesn't work it's totally different <laughs> what's so funny is that you're saying that like and i was in um so in vr uh, in the oculus there's like a um well i think it's actually cross-platform vr but uh like big screen beta i want to say is what it's called And you know how you have, like, all your movies, like, pretty much, like, I wish I had this, but I don't have a PC, but you have, like, all your movies, like, on your own server, basically, and you sort of stream your movies. That's how you watch them. I I used Um, to. Now, I just have them all on Amazon. But, yeah, I do have some like that. Well, so that was the first time I'd ever seen that. But apparently, it's it's quite the thing with PC people. And so, the the way this app works, it's like, 
you can basically have a room. It's like, um, I mean, it's a lot, it's a lot like, in a, in a lot of ways, it's a lot like, um, what's it called? The, oh, my brain is not working. The Ready Player One, where everybody, like, you can have sure. your own channel. Well, so, like, like, there's a guy there that usually has a movie room open. And he just plays movies. And it's, like, basically, the, the VR environment is, like, a big, huge theater. And you can have 3D movies, regular movies. And he was, just the other night, I usually pop in because he has pretty good choice in movies. And uh, it was, like, partway through Batman Returns. And I was like, sweet! I was like, I'm totally watching this. And so, like, I was like, I was really, really tired. Though. I was like, well, I'm at least watching until she comes out and says meow because that's the best part. Like, <laughs> um, but it's so cool. And it's so funny that you're talking about, like, this, all this retro they're putting in and I, like, just happened to be watching Batman 2 recently <laughs> in VR, okay. which, by the way, is awesome. Just this is this is going to be this is going to be so shameless. But I just reviewed Batman Returns. I on this totally super podcast. You should listen to it. Oh, um, you should. Yeah. Did, yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> just did it like 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 three weeks ago. Oh, um, wow. What are, what are the yeah. odds, man? Fucking. Yeah, we just finished the whole Batman franchise. That's crazy. Um, the, the original the original four. Well, then. Um, okay. So answer me this just so, as a sidebar, because this is best big screen Catwoman hands down. Michelle Pfeiffer. Yes. Best Catwoman. I think I, I'm with, with as much love as I want to give to the Batman 66 Catwoman. Uh, she's she is she's unfor- just... unforgettably iconic. She is. She just no uh, she has that way just like. Michael Keaton did of like what makes Batman is having that that change and she fucking nails it and she even does Here's it threefold like you believe her in the very beginning when she's like kind of like such a corn dog corn dog corn dog corn dog you know and she's but she's beautiful but she's you know kind of shy and you, you know meek you believe that and then you believe her as like Selena Kyle once she's become Catwoman and she's just sexier she's just more you know, and then something wholly different when she's Catwoman, like fucking just pit, like saves that woman. Like, it's just so iconic. Like, she saves her, then she fucking pins a bitch to a wall. And it's like, you make it so easy, don't you? Like, just. I was waiting for some Batman to save, save you. And like, Catwoman. That's my favorite are. superhero like, movie. Batman Returns is my favorite superhero movie, or at least it was. I, I, my, she makes Marvel that movie. So, her and Michael Keaton and their, and their interactions make that movie. So I will say this, like really clearly, I don't think we have had a definitive Batman. I think Michael Keaton was very good. I think that Christian Bale did. um, I loved his Bruce Wayne actually, and I loved. I liked his Batman. He did it as well. Those are the only two I can think of that ever pulled off doing both, being being able to be Bruce Wayne and Batman. I don't know. We got a little. I mean, there's there's something to be said for. How growly he gets, especially at the end when he goes, I'll be the hero, Gotham knees. It's, 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 I loved his Bruce Wayne and I love Affleck's Batman. I don't, I didn't dig his Wayne as much, but him as Batman, I really dug, especially in Batman v Superman, not as much in Justice League. Um, all that being said, I feel like there's still room for a definitive Batman to happen, but I don't think, I think we've got the definitive Catwoman. I think it's going to take a performance of Heath Ledger proportions yeah. to make us forget that Catwoman the way that it took Heath Ledger to make us forget Jack Nicholson's Joker. Like it's going to have to someone's going to Well, it didn't make us forget, in. but it definitely was like, all right, 
Maybe there, maybe yeah. someone else can do it. But it wasn't until then. It was like no one could be. He's got it. It's in. It's in the bag. It's Jack. Nicholson. Well, and that's how I feel. That's how I feel about about her Catwoman. I just feel like it's like absolutely. Anyway, my my whole point was when I was getting to the mixing pot of the Arrow shows, is that in Star Trek in now that we have all the Star Trek shows and we have Star Trek Picard, I'm already going. There's Picard. And he can have seven on the show because, of course, he can have seven on the show. And what if they run into what if there are more surprises? We don't know. What if, you know, fucking Kira Norris shows up and it just it occurs to me like this is what moving forward would allow us to do is to be able to like and it can be on Picard. Picard can be our moving forward show. But if this is going to be Picard, with you really have to seriously Fucking watch Orville. I'm telling you, so many more people have shown up on Orville. So many Star Trek. But I alumni. don't just want the actors. That's the thing. I don't. I know want you want the characters. I don't want clever cameos. And that's the thing is, I think that we have a chance now. And I want to be super clear about what I'm saying here. If Seven is part of this crew, then let her be focused on. And if Data is part of this crew, then let him be focused on. But otherwise let them have their episode and then move on. I want to learn about these new people, this new crew. The show should be about the people on the show, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I don't want it to be like, I don't, don't want it to be like, let's now it's this seven people. And that no, I, if it's, if we're getting an ensemble show, which it looks like we are, I want to care about these people the way I'm starting to care about the people on discovery. And that's the one thing that I fear about for Picard. When I watch is I go, what if I love Picard so much that I don't, really care about anyone else like yep. all i care about is picard the show is called picard yeah but if the show does it right we will care about everyone about the show and i hope that seven is part of the crew i, I don't do know too. that if i i don't know that i hope the data is part of the crew i've said before i'm a little dated out like i i, I, I honestly got my for no other reason i think that it would be difficult from a monetary and and timing standpoint to have him be a regular just just because he's a an android and he can't he can't age like he absolutely can age absolutely actually you know what the the general public doesn't know he is age would age and so everybody would go would go why is he aging and then nerds like me would push our horn room glasses up our heads and go no remember on the episode where he met his mom and they wondered why she was so much older than everything uh, he said he said he said oh her aging program has happened here here just like my aging program he refers to his own aging program in that episode now I don't know that from memory. That was something that people were talking about after the trailer came out and that I read. I was like, oh, yeah. And now I think about it. Yes, he does refer to his own aging program. So all that being said. Well, then, I yeah, also you was could. Just, but I do. I, I did just kind of get my fill of data. Uh, but I would rather see more. I think that Brent Spiner is three times the actor that Jonathan Frakes is. He is just a better actor. He is a he is a. Uh, just an incredible dude. That being said, I would rather see a Riker show than than more data. I am. I'd rather see a Jordy show. I am just sort of tired of data. So I don't want it to be about Picard and data, but seven on the crew. I totally love. I um, love that but, because they're, they've never really interacted. And because she's a Borg and his relationship with the Borg, I think that is just a very interesting. First, it's, it's a female, you know, like when yeah. we don't, you know. We've got plenty of dicks, all right? Like, dicks abound. It's like dick, 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 dick. So, 
you know, have well, some, did you know she doesn't call him Jean Luc? She doesn't call him Jean Luc, and she doesn't call him Captain. She doesn't call him by a by a rank. She calls him Picard, and she seems kind of snarky toward him. So, like, do they have a a difficult relationship? I, I yeah, I'm curious. Again. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. really curious to see their relationship play out. So I, and she is such a like I said, she's such a phenomenal actress. Like I, I really hope, like you said, I hope she's a part of the crew. I hope she's not just well, a one-off. They, see, here's the thing. They've confirmed that Jonathan Frakes and Marina Sirtis will be making a, an appearance in this show, which makes sense. They should. Absolutely. Like, it makes sense. At this point, like Riker should be an admiral. Riker should be like, like the head of Starfleet. Like that's where Riker should be at this point. Like if if Picard bowed out, yeah, and he's like, Picard I was be, like, I can't, I can't do this no more. I can't do this anymore. It would be Riker should be the head of Starfleet, and I would love, I I love that as a as a concept, and I love that idea, and him running into to them is important to me, but I want to focus on this crew. That being said, I would love some love from the other shows. Frankly, I would love to see more enterprise stuff factor in and it can um the enterprise stuff absolutely can factor in in discovery there is no reason discovery could not run into fucking flocks there's Agreed. no reason it couldn't no reason it couldn't have well it can't now because they're like 900 years in the future but you can do a short treks <laughs> with with you want to do a, a short treks with a with an older trip tucker and or he's dead but like you know <gasps> what i'm saying what yeah end of enterprise he's dead remember Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's one of those um, things I wipe because I don't like it. <laughs> but there's no reason that you you can't have these things happen now that we're like, if we're going to play, let's play in the sandbox. Let's play in the sandbox. Let's get the toys out. Like, right. let's do it if this is what we're going to do. And if we're going to have like, if we're going to be moving forward in Trek and we have the opportunity to pull from from all these places. I think the the Picard trailer says, you know what? We're willing to do it, but we're not just going like, hey, Hey, look who we got this week. Look, I don't want it to be the love boat where we're going, hey, look at our guest star this week. Uh, <laughs> but, I, but I do think there's an opportunity now to, to widen it, to open it up. And now that they have short tracks, I think short tracks is a way to do it too. So I'm, I am just... There's a lot, yeah, there's a lot of, of avenues, um, which is a good thing. I'm so excited. Like, very good thing. It can't, come, it can't come fast enough. I say it's my, like, I saw this and I said, like, I love that I have Star Trek back, but now I get my Star Trek back. I get it back. I get, you know, I said this before. Look, you and I have argued forever. What's better, Enterprise or Voyager? What's better? Like, that's the, 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 the argument we've had. Let me be super clear about how I feel about Voyager. I think that Voyager is better than Enterprise, but I don't really like either show, and I don't hate either show. I am ambivalent about either show. I have so much Trek to choose from. There's not a reason for me to ever watch those shows. I will. I. I don't think I will ever do an Enterprise rewatch. I don't think I'm ever going to sit down and just go, "Hey, let's work my way through Enterprise." And frankly, I've done a Voyager rewatch, um, and it got to be. You know what the problem is with Voyager in, on rewatching? Because I know you will. You will never rewatch Voyager, right? Can I assume that's probably true? Yeah, like at best, I might be willing to watch a random episode here or there, but like a so full he- on. Like it was bad enough the first time to get through. So here's the problem with Voyager, and I and I, you know, I as a side another sidebar, I just saw the Lion King remake. I just saw it um, with my, <laughs> and 
let me tell you something about it. The is, live action, not live action fucking Lion King. Yeah. So here's the thing about it. It is faithfully recreating the original Lion King. In Just a why way there's no I've point in o- it. I've only ever seen done once, which was right after. Um, and again, I'm cribbing this from Kevin Smith, who talked about this. But um, Gus Van Sant, when he uh, finished Goodwill Hunting, he was asked what he wanted to do next. And he said, I want to do a remake of Psycho. And everyone's like, you cannot remake Psycho. And he said, but I think Psycho is wonderful and it's in black and white and kids aren't watching it now. So it is as good as it is. It's falling into the dustbin of history because kids just aren't picking it up. It's just not happening. I've looked at the numbers. Kids aren't watching Psycho anymore. And I think that it is worth, the story is worth it and the movie is worth it to create it for a new audience. And I want to do it. So the first thing I love about this story is, is you're talking about a filmmaker with his heart and his heart in the right place. At the very least, he's like, "This is my reason for wanting to remake it. I want to remake it because yeah, not because I think, I, think I can not- do it better, not because I think you know I've got my own thing I feel like I got to do, but because yeah. I believe it should be preserved and in its current form, that's not happening." Nobody is black and white. It's it's black and white shot in an old way. It's it's the actors act in kind of an old timey way, and I think that there, so. So he turned around and he did a shot for shot remake of Psycho. You could line them up. It is shot for shot the same. He just went and did all the exact same shots with new actors in, in color. color yep. With better cameras. Yep. And it was like all the technical stuff was the same, but it was like, I cannot improve on Hitchcock. I am yeah. not trying to improve on Hitchcock. Yes. <laughs> I am just doing... I'm trying to I get like, more, more Hitchcock to more people. That's all. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. And of course it's That failed. is a noble pursuit. It's a noble pursuit that that is... If you watch it, it's fine, actually. And Vince Vaughn is pretty good, actually, as, as Norman Bates. Um, but it is not as good as the original. Ultimately, you do find yourself asking, if you're a fan of the original, you find yourself asking, what's the point of it? Um, well, once you hear you are, the point of it, I get it. And I'm all for it. Like, I... Yeah, but but here's but here's the thing. I won't... Like, I will never watch that movie. I saw it once, and I will never watch it again. If I want to watch right. Psycho, I'm going to watch Psycho. Right, I'm but you were always going to watch movie. Psycho, right? Like, so yeah, that movie is not thing. for so, you. So, so then we get to the Lion King remake. And again... One, everything I've ever seen about John Favreau tells me that he's a really good guy, humble guy, guy who 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 loves the movies. He loves movies. He's just he is in love with movies and making yeah. movies. Um, I would say that the Lion King remake is as close as I have seen to Gus von Sant's Psycho, in that it is not just like. All right, did you see the remake of Beauty and the Beast? Yes. All right. It is mostly the same, but there are some changes and some new scenes and some new shots and some new stuff. And, and they've added some stuff in there. They're trying to give you like 20% more movie. Yeah. And like, but the thing is like, I don't feel the need to watch that movie ever again. Just like, I mean, like it's again, it doesn't, I really, this is a trend in particular that I super don't understand. Because it's it was animated to begin with, so there's no real sense of of it aging, right? In the same way, it's not like it's not like it's an old timey 1930s black black and white well, cartoon. Well, except kids are not watching 
2D animation anymore in the movies. Nobody's going to the movies what? to watch 2D animation anymore. I can't tell you the last 2D animated movie that came out, the last 2D animated feature that came out. I can't tell you what it was. It's like it just it's not something that people are going to see anymore. So the idea I don't I certainly don't want them to redo it in CG. I don't want that. I don't want it to look like it's a Pixar movie. Um I get the impetus, but that one didn't work. Um then you have so let's look at the spectrum and then we'll talk about Lion King real quick. Did you I you probably didn't see the new Dumbo, right? No. So Tim Burton went a totally different way. Said, "Okay, we're only going to give you like like 15% of the movie that you had and we're going to give you 85% different. It's a reimagining. And Tim Burton did that with Alice in Wonderland. Although it's interesting, the Alice in Wonderland movie that he did is, you've seen that one, right? The Tim yeah. Burton's Alice in Wonderland with Johnny mm-hmm. Depp? Yep. It's a sequel. It's a sequel to Alice in Wonderland. It is not the story of Alice in Wonderland. It is Alice comes back to Wonderland. So it is really Alice in Wonderland 2. Yeah. It is not like when she shows up at Wonderland, everyone's like, yeah, it's fucking your back. Good to yeah. see him. So that's yeah. like that. That's what that is. Um, so you've got that. You've got uh, Maleficent, which is let's tell the story from a different perspective of all the remakes. The most interesting. I kind of really. Oh, like yeah. Maleficent. I really liked Maleficent. Yeah. That, which is, that it's was same, different. Yeah. It, it, that's the way to go. Um, you have Aladdin, which I think you would dig. Aladdin is closer. It's about 60% of the original. I, th- I think there- my beef with, uh, with that in particular is, and I do love him. I just, he, you cannot like, there was no, uh, there's no other Robin Williams. Like just like leave that shit alone. Like he's the only one that should have played the G like they, I know they did a musical version of it. And I was like, that doesn't bother me like an onstage musical version of it or whatever. I was like, that doesn't bother me because you're doing your own stage thing. And that's always going to have different actors in and out. There's no statement there. Like when you try to do another movie without, I mean, Robin Williams just quintessentially was the genie and with him having passed just, it leaves a bad taste for me for them to do it. It's like, what are you doing? So no. I here's my here's my answer to that. I really dug the Aladdin remake, and I'll tell you what my answer to that is. One, I realized how hungry I was for fun Will Smith. That's the first thing I realized. You go, oh, I love Will Smith. Do you? I do. I do. Do you really? But here's the thing. Do you? Because the Will Smith that you think you love has not made that kind of movie since Men in Black 3, where he kind of phoned it in, and that was 10 years ago. Well, close to 10 years ago. I mean, if you want to see that bad w- Will Smith, I guess you could watch Bright. God, that movie. No, that oh. that Will Smith that you that you think you like. Yo, he, there's a lot of good Will Smith. Ali, he's great in that. And he's great. There's a lot of movies where he's 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 got this new movie coming up called I Am Legend where he looks like he's amazing. He's playing both young him and old him. He is a a phenomenal actor, but he's not doing that Will Smith thing he used to do. He's not doing Fresh Prince. Right. That he used to do. He's not doing personality driven. He's now doing just like Robin Williams. Right. There was two Robin Williams. There was. Yeah. There was know, like crazy Robin Williams. Then there was serious. Robin. Williams. Then there was very, he's, really amazing, dramatic actor. Robin yeah. Williams. Um, and so he so one, I realized that I was hungry for that Will Smith. And two, I think that he was the perfect person 
to come in and do the genie because his genie is so there's a hip hop vibe to the movie that wasn't there before that I really dig. Um, and there something needs to be said for the fact that, hey, you also cast a bunch of a, a bunch of actors who are of the right ethnicity in the roles. Also very interesting. Although Jafar is awful in the film. Um, uh, the casting of Will Smith is is gives such a different vibe as the genie and Will Smith can dance. So they're doing kind of like the dance, the dance numbers are kind of got a hip hop vibe to him too. And he like what he's doing, he's rapping it a little bit, which works. And he raps a little bit in the film. He even does a, a closing credits rap, which he hasn't done in like forever, um, which is awesome. Uh, but he's just got, his is so different than, I'll give you an example. I maybe have said this before, but it's my favorite joke in the whole movie where Aladdin looks at him and goes, Genie, I want you to make me a prince. And he goes, he goes, Aladdin, you got to be a little more specific when you make your wishes. For instance, I could just make you a prince. And he snaps his fingers and this dude appears up like on, on like up on a cliff going, hello. <laughs> and Aladdin goes, no, that's not what he means. He goes, didn't think so. And he snaps his finger and the other prince disappears. That's a really funny joke. Like that's, that's I could just make you a prince. Poof. And there's a prince. It's like, that's the sort of will smithy vibe it has it ah, is, he is in, yeah he is not doing robin williams he is doing will smith right and that he's doing specifically i feel like he's doing k from men in black that's specific he's not even doing independence day will smith he's not even doing french prince he's doing k from men in black and that is perfect he's it's pitch perfect performance for that so i where we were talking about star trek talk how, oh yeah remax remix so the Lion King remake being a the being a a shot for shot remake is oh, we were talking about Voyager. Um, Lion King being a shot for shot remake is twenty percent not as good as the original. Mostly it has pacing problems, and it is a perfectly pulled off film. But the problem is it's it's not animated, and it turns out that the animals are so realistic that they can't emote the way humans do. So the emoting that they do. It just is not it's not connecting in the way that the animated ones did, because like when lions make lion sad eyes, it's not the same as like the way they draw. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. No, Disney's that's what I'm saying. Like Disney has perfected an art when it comes to animation of where they will take an animal, they will study it and they will absolutely recreate a fate like faithfully recreate that animal in perfection. And then they will do tiny little human tweaks to it that are that, that we're just are imperceptible to us. We don't think about it when we're watching it. It doesn't occur like, wait a minute, why's that cat got eyebrows like that? Like it doesn't it doesn't register the moment, but like when it's broken down for you, you're like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hmm. you know what I mean? And it's like they really just have a they perfected that. And so we, there's yeah, no so reason I... to like the movie it's just like I think I, for me, what encapsulates that movie is I we were in the, I was in the car with Mr. A, we were talking about all these fucking live action remakes of of Disney classics, and I'm like, ah, oh, why are they doing it? And I was like, Jesus, what's next? The Lion King, and I like laughed because that's ridiculous because there are no humans in that movie, so it couldn't be live action. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> then Mr. A was like. They are. And I thought he was fucking with me. I was like, no, they're not. That's not even. 
that couldn't even that's not that would still be animated that doesn't make any sense that's not live action what because it's because the trees are alive and they're gonna get pictures of the savannah like what the fuck and so that's how i feel about that movie so here's let me tell you about that movie (laughs) that that movie had the original not existed that movie is spectacular it's beautiful. Sure. Sure. Beautiful. The story is great. Absolutely. The music is amazing. Yeah. The voice cast is great. John Oliver as Zazu is really Oh, really I believe funny. it. I believe it. And I believe it. There's a throne there's there's a throne in line, you know, where he's giving the morning report and he goes, he goes, Cheetahs never prosper. You know that joke from <laughs> the original? Um, in this one, in the middle of the morning report, he goes, he goes, and of course the birds are tweeting at four in the morning, but I don't know what they're talking about. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a great little. It's joke. like you know what? Here's a, it's a good example. Like, have you seen the trailer for Cats? Oh well, well, yeah, yeah. What the fuck? Right. I'm like, <laughs> so you've so, got okay, a phenomenal so- cast. This is a really good example. The cast. I am. I am so moved. Like, even though I'm like, but the movie's not this- called Cast. It's called Cats. <laughs> It's like, why are you doing this weird CG thing? Why not have the cast you have and put them in the costumes, the cat's costume? Those are good costumes. There's nothing wrong with those costumes. There's nothing wrong with that show. Just do it like that, please. Because no, no, no. first of all, there's the, the, the show is shit. It's a terrible show. It is not it a is, terrible show. I disagree it with is you. A terrible. Show. I saw it from box seats um, at the at National Theater when I was 18. And it's terrible it's it is nonsensical. not terrible it's a Whatever. terrible show it's good good music terrible show it's a um, great show shut your mouth i enjoyed every so moment here's of it. here's the thing that here's the difference between lion king and that lion king is i watched it with my son who had not seen the original and he adored it i adored it it was still moving it was still the, the, it was beautiful watching it, watching the shots of the Savannah and stuff were gorgeous. Seeing the way just watching it unfold in front of my eyes was a masterpiece of watching it unfold in front of my eyes, like watching a beautiful nature documentary, which also had the best music and the greatest voice cast. But it just didn't capture. It was like 20 percent. Not as good. Um, so I get back to Voyager, which was my point. <laughs> Voyager's crime, even more than all the things we've ever yelled at it for. Voyager's crime is that it is just next gen again. And this is also kind of true for Enterprise, but it's like 20% not as good. And the problem with that is I've got 170 episodes of next gen. DS9, for better or worse compared to next gen, because it has this ongoing story, it has a reason to compel me to watch one episode, then another, then another, then another. Mm -hmm. But Voyager becomes a slog because you're just like, okay, I guess they're going to stop at a planet now and... Planet's going to have a problem and they're going to fix it. Oh, the, another spatial anomaly. Okay, I guess we're doing this now. And it's not that it was terrible, but it was just like you think it's terrible. I don't think it's terrible, but I think that its largest it's crime. Mediocre. Whether it's, its largest crime is that in that I have Star Trek The Next Generation to go to and also Deep Space Nine to go to for something completely different. And now I've got new discovery and I've got 13 movies that I can choose from to say nothing of the original series, the animated series, the short tracks and now Picard. Yeah. I have no reason to ever revisit Voyager or, or enterprise because when it comes down to it at the end of the day, they are, I think I will revisit enterprise. 
I don't like if there wasn't other stuff to watch. I'll tell you what. Here's the thing, because this is the thing about Star Trek. And this is why I feel like seriously watch the fucking Orville, dude. Like for me, like if you'd ever do anything else for me as a friend, do this (laughs) because it's about the characters. Like it's not ne- for me anyway. It's not necessarily like okay, well we've kind of seen this scenario before, right? So it's a planet. The thing, the way the things are on this planet, that's fucked up. How are they going to deal with it, right? Like that's interesting to me when you actually have a really interestingly different group of people. That's why I think, for me anyway, that's the differentiating factor between Voyager and Enterprise, despite to Paul. And Malcolm, which to me are sort of the dark spots on Enterprise, I really enjoy the rest of the crew, like, together. And Travis. No, Travis is bad, too. Mayweather is also oh, he's. Awful. I mean, he's not... He's not bad. He's bad. He's, and you know what? He's Can not, I say something? He's not phenomenal, I, but he's I not, like, I used to love Hoshi. Bad. I remember loving... I, lo- I remember loving Hoshi and thinking that she was really good. And I just rewatched um, some uh, a while back, like probably six months ago. And I was like, oh, I'm not digging what she's doing, actually, very much. Um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, and maybe it's it, point, it could just well, be so, like so, for me anyway, like I love the Bacula. So it could be Bacula plus Trip just in flocks equals win. You know what I mean? Like those three for me are enough. Here's an interesting thing. But there is Here's nothing inter- like that. The closest you have to that on, for me anyway, on Voyager is the Doctor and Seven of Nine. And that doesn't happen until way late in the show. Yeah, it's, it's like season four. Yeah. yeah I so think, so here, here's, a, here's an interesting take also. I don't even know that I'm ever going to do rewatch Next Gen. In fact, I can almost guarantee you I will never rewatch The Next Generation again. Um, and I think the reason is, is that like, I'm finding this with Star Wars before these new Star Wars movies came out. I rewatched Star Wars all the time. I really did. I rewatched, uh, both the prequels, which I like and the originals, but, but I liked them for different reasons and I would watch them, but I had these six movies and I had these two trilogies. So I would kind of like watch one. And then time, some time would go by and I'd watch another or I would just watch Empire. And I would pop in Empire. Empire was always my clean my room movie. It was just pop in Empire. <laughs> um, but I'm at a point now where there's so much Star Wars and a lot of it's good. I mean, in no world do I think that The Force Awakens isn't better than at least episodes one and two. Um, you know how much, I love, how much I love episode three, but I don't think yeah. like there's no way you can say episodes one and two are better than Force Awakens. Or really even Last Jedi or Solo. There, there's so much though that like now I know that there's a new one coming. And so I, unless I'm prepping for the new one coming, I don't really ever put them on anymore. And now I've got a thousand podcasts. I feel like I'm behind on everything that I want to watch. I haven't watched Jessica Jones yet. You know, Just like you, I'm sure you feel the same way. So I don't know if I will ever get to a point where I'm like, hey, let's rewatch four seasons of, because I've got, Short Treks and Picard and Discovery and eventually Section 31. Now, Quentin Tarantino is going to be making a fucking Star Trek movie, it looks like. Like, there's... you know, And his will be called fucking Star Trek movie. Yeah. Blam. <laughs> dead. That's, that's like... it's like Dude, ser- seriously, like... This is, this is my continued play for Orville. It, it, it's... I especially just... I finished watching season two. 
And there is some shit that happens in season two that is like there is a two episode arc. I want to say I want to say it's a two parter in particular that is like Star Trek plus Star Wars fucking crazy. You will love everything about it. I will be shocked if you don't. It just made me think of you. I I commit to you. And and also, I I know that you said that Mrs. J was like not really on board, but as a feminist, and she's a woman, I believe you need to help her get past it. And because there are several key episodes that really deal with sexism in a really interesting way. To the point where, like, I was literally cheering as I was watching an episode. Like, outright, like, just lost my, like, I was at a fucking concert, like, at a Beatles concert, just screaming and cheering and lost my mind. So, right, well, I will, I will, seriously, try. dude, because I mean, it is definitely, her, as much I, as you, as much as you, like, I'm not going to be able to go, hey, Alexia says it's really good. Come on, watch it. She's going to be like, she like she like me. We like are behind on everything. I know. But I don't have. But a, I'm I'm just so saying. Like, have, yeah. Even if I she know. doesn't, you watch it. You watch it on your own, and then you can show it to her. I'm just saying. Like, I the reason I'm saying this is because in a lot of ways, it feels more like Star Trek to me than Discovery does. Okay. I I which am, is a weird thing to say. I know. But Discovery is so chance. dark, and it's not, and I'm not even saying I don't like. It's not like I like it better than Discovery. I'm saying it feels like more Star Trek to me. It's obviously like as it has grown, Seth MacFarlane. Like it feels like if you and I were going to make a show. Did you hear they're taking it off TV? I did. They're not canceling it. No, it's going to be. I on was Hulu very now. glad it's going to be on Hulu because that's where I watch it anyway. Um, I was like, oh, thank God. Because of the way that it ends, I was like, come on, I need more of this. Like, this is the Star Trek I was, I was expecting. Like, you were talking about. In a way, it's, it's very much like Next Gen. It's like more Next Gen with different characters, but definitely there are parallels. And dealing with the shit that's happening in our world right now. Um, it's fucking phenomenal. It really is. Like, it is, as it has gone on, it has clearly become... Like, you could feel like, uh, I feel like in the beginning, it was like Seth MacFarlane was scared and didn't know what he was doing, much like Captain Mercer. (laughs) And so he kind of had his Seth MacFarlane jokiness going on because that's, I don't know, like a safety net. And I feel like as the heart has grown on the show, he has really grown into it and, and not felt the need for that crutch. And, and as it is fallen away, you still there's still some humor to be had but that was the thing like there's almost no humor in discovery it's like so serious all the time very infrequently do you find yourself chuckling and i feel like that's why i feel like in a way the orville feels more like star trek as i understand it because it's more of that it's sort of an an equilibrium of drama and, and action and humor it's all of those things. Um, By the way, so I'm I glad I have you, both. You know what I mean? Can I tell you what I think the funniest moment in all of Star Trek is? Um, sure. Which there, there is, I think maybe the, 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 
it's one of two, but it's the moment the moment that the Enterprise is about to crash and and Data says, "Oh shit," is really funny. It's, it's See? really funny. But my favorite moment in all of Star Trek is the moment when Picard gets stuck. Everybody's stuck in time, and he gets stuck in um he gets stuck in the in engineering during a warp core breach, and there's like the steam coming out, and he draws a smiley face in the steam. <laughs> is is the greatest thing ever and it's so random and the least expected thing that i thought would ever happen on star trek and to this day when that episode comes up i just laugh my balls off see really you th- there are a lot more moments like that on the orville than any star trek currently airing so i i will so you're doing a disservice a to yourself I will make to it, not watch it. i will make it a thing that i try and get to watching so i like i said there's been a lot going on this summer, I know. but when the kids get back, when the kids get back in school, there's some time, uh, and I will. I, I look. I just said I'm not going to rewatch anything, and I got lots of rooms to clean, so I can make it. The Orville is my new room cleaning thing. That's when my wife watches shows. When she's like, she is like ironing or something. She like we go like, hey, I'm going to watch. You know, she's like watching The Good Girl, and now there's another one or The Good Place. Good place is so good. She's watching Good Girls and Good Place and good shows, I guess. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> that was that is the the trailer park. That's our trailer uh, welcome. park. Welcome, <laughs> welcome. Uh, Picard looks astounding. Uh, look what yes. look what two minutes made us talk about all the opportunities in Trek. This is always <laughs> what I wanted. This is always what I wanted. Is that they the the greatest moment in all of Star Trek, in all of Star Trek, and there's never been a moment as great as this was the end of the two-parter encounter at Farpoint when Star Trek The Next Generation came out. Because, even though it's not a great episode, it's not a great episode, but once that episode ended, you could suddenly, after having three years, and yes, you had the, the movies with Kirk carrying it on and stuff, you suddenly had all this stuff to talk about. You're like, what? There's a Klingon on the bridge? How did that happen? Wait, this is, how did that happen? How is it, like, like suddenly there was, there's stuff to talk about because it moved forward and you could, it, it, it lent itself to all the speculation of, oh, what about that? You know what I mean? And I, that's Oh yeah, you I love to speculate. You're all about the speculation. <laughs> well, that's like, that's kind of what this show is, man. Is it like, no, like, it's not always, what? but yeah, like I, it's, it's, I know how much it like, absorbs you <laughs> yeah and and when you there's something about going back that doesn't let you do that there's something about going back that doesn't make me go how did why is that like that you know like that there's something that it just doesn't allow you to do i think moving forward is the right choice star trek um yeah i, th- I mean I, I think it's the right choice that like to have it like that's what i'm saying like we're you're talking you're always talking about we're living in a great time and it's like you're right where we can have a totally different star trek that I still really love and is still really good and in discovery. And then we can have still have star Trek. That's really good. That's, that's, that's moving the star Trek timeline forward in Picard. And then we can, you know, have other shows like the Orville that are spiritual successors to star Trek as we know it and totally watch that. And they don't have and any Tarantino's talking about by. doing another. And, can you imagine that it was just like, just like, three and a half I, I guess it's been like four or five years but just a few years ago that star trek beyond came out and we were lamenting that it wasn't doing well at the box office because that would mean we wouldn't get more and that was just a shame because it was so good yep and that's what we were like oh gosh well 
at least it ended on this great note. Star Trek Beyond is this great film. It yep. absolutely deserves its place in the Star Trek canon. I guess that's where Star Trek ends. Good run, Star Trek. Well done. At I'm least sure we have a lot of Star Trek you. to watch it back. You know, like yeah, like like I'm sure a few years they'll get, they'll get to you again, and then suddenly it's just like fuck you, fuck you. Guess what? You got I know, just like a, a Star Trek Discovery exploded. and Picard animated. Quentin Tarantino's going to do one. The Orville's going to be like a different, like sort of side Star Trek you got. I mean, we got everything Star Trek, man. We're putting Star Trek in Star Wars now. And Star Trek in breakfast cereals. Fuck yeah. Star Trek sitcom. I'm all for it, man. It's going to be incredible. The Star Trek sitcom. I still want the Star Trek Somebody posted up a thing at Dude, the end where- Dude, we uh, should do the Star Trek sitcom. Just you and me. Well, that's what that's what Lower Decks We're is going to be. We're perfect for it. <laughs> I mean, Archer style Star Trek sitcom. I so think writer, that, like, that one writer that works, that clearly writes and listens to us. You've seen what we look like. Yes. Very I have rainbow hair. We I should be on a sitcom in the Star Trek world. I'm just saying I'm we're perfect for it. failing to hold on to my youth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, I think that it's great where we are. I think that we are in this golden, this new golden era of Star Trek that I never thought we would be back in. And yeah. It will wane again. It will. Yeah. Uh, as it these will, things we'll must. get back to where we were, but it, the fact that Star Trek is viable enough that they're like, let's just throw all the money at it here. Go do everything, whatever you want. Animated. Fine. Just go do it. Like I'm, I'm excited about this. I'm excited. about Agreed. The It's just a great fucking year, man. We got end game. Spider-Man. We got a new Star Wars at the end of the year. We have all this Star Trek, like tons of Star Trek to to talk about. There's a new Terminator coming out. We just got like like fucking Toy Story 4, which was great. Like it, we just have so many so many things. It's like a it's not going to be like this always. I I'm going to be sad when eventually we have the you the, it's going to come in our lifetime, Alexia. We're going to have a return to baseball movies and westerns. And I like baseball movies and westerns. They're fine. But that's it's going to get it's going to move its way back around to it. It's eventually we're going to find ourselves going in my day. We didn't have all these baseballs and 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 horsey horsey shootings. Our guys had laser swords and transporters. Why <laughs> don't we got that anymore? That's that's where we're going to be. Four no people. way. Or do you think it's just done? Oh. I mean, civilizations, we're not going to last that long. Let's be honest. <laughs> but the way we're going, we're just going to all be dead. But... We got to get our asses to Mars. Yeah, get your ass to Mars. Get your ass to Mars. All right, my name is Justin. Yeah, my name's Alexia. Trek off. Trek off, bitches.